Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer, of whom Boaz had spoken, came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down, and he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from that country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. Uh, But if you will not, I will tell me so that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead and his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourselves, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was a custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the manner of the testing in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Kilion and to Marlon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Marlon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead and his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gates of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house, like Rachel and Leah, who built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephratah and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her a conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Because your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is worth more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Ram, Ram fathered Aminadab, Aminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. Well friends, we are at chapter 4 of Ruth, and there were only 4 chapters, so that must mean we're at the end of Ruth, uh, and at the very last words, as we've just read. Um, So we've seen these four episodes as we've gone through the book of Ruth, um, and the last one today. Um, And I want to ask you this, what is mission complete? So when it comes to Ruth and her life, what is mission complete? 
what would that look like? Uh, we've been seeing who Ruth is and what she needs, uh, but what is mission complete? And actually, this is a really great question for you as well and for me. Um, so what is mission complete for you? Uh, what would be the thing in your life that you think, when that happens, that's mission complete? I was thinking of a few uh, contenders. Uh, so maybe when I finished my studies, mission complete. When I got married, when I had children, uh, when I got my own place, is that mission complete? And actually, there's another um, element to this. What about Beckentry Church? Because as a church, we've, we, we set out with the idea that we were going to visit every home on this estate. And uh, that's 5,000 homes, over 5,000 homes. And we've just come to, the, coming to the end of that this year. So when we finish that, is that mission complete? Is, is that mission complete for Beckentry Church? And, and since we've got God's word open, it's good to ask him, what is mission complete for God? What would he say mission complete is? To all of these things. And what we're going to see tonight is that mission complete is the coming king. Mission complete is the coming king. And we'll see this first as Ruth marries Boaz in those first 12 verses. Two things happen. There's a purchase and there's a prediction. So the purchase is Naomi's land. And it's more than just a place. It's where God's rule is to be known and enjoyed. God brought a complete outsider in Ruth right into that. And now she has the opportunity to inherit it all. Uh, we looked at that last week a bit, didn't we? That uh, What it means that Boaz would actually do that for her. And what it means that for God to bring an outsider in to his family. And to pay the price that's needed to bring them back in. And if you get the chance, please do look at that on the website. Uh, that was last week. Uh, but, but now we're going to see, aren't we, that there's more that God is doing here. And Boaz is the one striking the deal in verses 3 and 4. So if you look at 3 and 4, Boaz says, uh, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one beside you who seek to redeem it, and I will come after you. Uh, we spotted this a bit in the Bible study last week. The land by itself, well, it's pretty desirable, isn't it? In verse 5, he says, I'll take it. But with Ruth as well, well, that complicates things. And that will be costly. And actually, redemption is costly. It's going to cost the person who redeems. Verse 6 is a bit like the moment in Dragon's Den... When they realise the share percentage is just a bit too small, they're not going to make enough profit on it. And they say, I'm out. And that's exactly what he says in verse 6. A sandal is exchanged, which is a little bit weird for us, but that's the the manner of attesting, that's the way uh, the deal is done. The legal rights are handed over in the presence of many witnesses. And it's the witnesses' response... In verse 12, uh, 11 and 12, after Boaz has made, has made his intentions clear to marry Ruth, in verse 10, they carry a prediction. So we've seen the purchase, now we're going to see the prediction. Let's read it in verses 11 and 12. It says this, May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, 
who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephratah and be renowned in Bethlehem, and may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. It's the offspring that God will give to Ruth that will build up the house. And think descendants, not bricks, okay? Notice this will have an impact on the nation as a whole, much as it did with those women. As Boaz will be renowned not, uh, in Ephratah, the land, and Bethlehem. It's going to be something that people are talking about in years to come. A few people are mentioned here. Uh, I had to look them up and remind myself of what their stories were. But Rachel and Leah, well, they were daughters of Laban. And they jostled for Jacob's affection by bearing him sons. And they had a bumper crop. There was 12 sons in all who became the 12 tribes of Israel. They literally built up the house of Israel. And Perez gets a mention too. He was a twin born to one of those sons, Judah, when he mistook his own daughter for a temple prostitute. So in each of these cases, the means by which descendants came about makes our hair stand on end. But this sees Ruth as continuation of the family line of Abraham. God had promised that Abraham's descendants would be too numerous to count and that they would be his blessing to the nations. And Ruth the Moabite is next in that line. Ruth who was married for ten years to Marlon, we found out at the start. And yet, with no children. And yet in verse 13, the Lord opens her womb and Obed is born. This is truly remarkable. This is a promise being fulfilled. This is the prediction of verse 12 in verse 13. The Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. So mission complete is a child, a child born to Ruth. And he's actually the focus of attention when we get into verse 13 as well. And what the women say to Naomi. Because Naomi hasn't really been front and centre since chapter 1. For most of the journey, she's really struggled to see God's kindness to her. Her main concern has been perfectly natural. Who's going to provide for me now? when I'm old but now in this final scene it's Naomi who takes centre stage she's there cradling the baby and when I first saw this I thought well that's just typical grandmother isn't it Uh, I've got to be careful what I say Maria's not here Um, as soon as you have a baby let me tell you grandmother swoops in and it's almost as if it's her own baby okay Um, like you you're just part of the scenery there is the grandmother with the baby and that's what I first thought was was happening here but it turns out there's a bit more to it than that Um, the women who were there at the beginning who heard Naomi's cry of emptiness they now tell Naomi what the Lord has done for her and that's in verse 12 in in verse 13 I think where does it say that um In verse 14, uh, they say, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. 
and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, because your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is worth more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. So God has revealed himself to be the answer to Naomi's fears about the future. He has been, for her, a redeemer, a source of care and provision at every stage, whether she could see it or not. And what they say about Ruth, well, that's actually a slight rebuke to Naomi, because it's the women and not Naomi who first see God's kindness there. It's them who recognise Ruth's true worth. It says this, For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons. Seven is the perfect number in the Bible, and we get seven sons. Ruth is worth more to you than seven sons. God has been kind to you, Naomi, from the start. She has given birth to him. So now we find out that the child is a son. And and they say that a son has been born to Naomi. Uh, And now, in baby Obed, Naomi will be looked after for many years to come. That's what the women say in verse 15. He will be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. Ruth's hitched. She's married. And Naomi's beaming. So that's job done, right? Mission complete? Well, no. Because God sees more than... He he sees our immediate needs, absolutely. But he's um, on track to save the nation of Israel and the world. Mission complete is a coming king. And it becomes really, really clear in the last five verses. Verses 17 to 22. Let's read those now. And the women of the neighbourhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. I don't know if you remember, but we were talking at the start of this story about the time of the judges when there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And now there's mention of a king. And not just any king. David has to go down as one of the, as the greatest king ever to rule the nation of Israel, of Judah. And not just one mention... But two mentions, we heard that he's the grandson of Obed in verse 17. Then we get the whole family tree back from Perez through Boaz. And the name David is the final word in this book. Mission complete is a coming king. David was a great king who brought the nation under God's rule and who loved God. He was great news for God's people but terrifying news for God's enemies. And the fact that he's mentioned here means that the people reading this must have known him already. 
And maybe even they're in a time when God's people could be facing banishment from the land that, that God had given them. After David, things quite quickly went downhill. To those removed from the land and needing repentance, you think Naomi is actually a pretty strong resemblance. Her character would have resonated really strongly with them. Reading about her, reading about what God did for her. They would have said, the hand of the Lord has gone out against us. They would have known their hope is a return to the land. But the fear might be that God has forsaken them altogether. The message of Ruth would restore their broken hope. And it would do that by them knowing that they're still his people and he will draw them back. And it would do that by showing that God brought about such a king amidst hopelessness. God can do that. And if he did it once, he'll do it again. Out of nowhere, and nobody special, God gave him David, the coming king. Um, Well, let me read to you Matthew 1 verse 1. Mike mentioned this. Um, Well, the, the book of Matthew is about Jesus. And the book of Matthew starts like this. It says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It begins with a family tree. And it puts Jesus in the line of David and Abraham. And so we, sitting here today, don't need to wait for God's king to be announced. He has been already. This is the announcement. Jesus is king. Uh, But what we do need to know is that we need to get ready for his return. That's a promise that he's yet to keep. But he will keep it. And like it was for for those expecting David, well, Jesus' coming will be great news for God's people. But it will be terrifying news for God's enemies. And so when we think about ourselves today, and what mission complete is, we need to know that it's a coming king. And that coming king is Jesus. So if you're new here today, um, who is Jesus? What is he like? Perhaps even just a prayer today of, please show me who Jesus is. It would be great if that prayer was followed by a decision to join us throughout September. Because we'll we'll be beginning Matthew's Gospel. And you'll get to answer what kind of king Jesus is. And you'll get the opportunity to respond to him as your king. And it might be that the first thing for you to do would be to admit that we haven't treated him as king. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're a church person, well, it's easy to, if you, if you go to church a lot, we can think that we've got in favour with this king, because we do, because we go to church. And we're happy because we're not like the Rahabs, the Tamars, or the Ruths of the world. But the truth is we are. And on the day when this king returns, undeserving though they are, they will be admitted on account of God's love for them and his death in their place. To rely on anything else on that day is actually rebellion of the highest order. God has told us who his king is. 
and he's the one who can rescue us. Uh, Instead of looking at your own good behaviour to redeem you, wouldn't it be great to thank God that he has not left you without a redeemer to pay for your sin? Uh, Maybe you're a believer here today. It is helpful for us to keep reminding ourselves that mission complete isn't finishing our studies. It isn't getting married or having our own place or kids or when we retire even. Mission complete is the coming king when Jesus returns. What might it look like for your life to point to this destination instead? I guess it would look like a life that's wanting to live under God's rule, listening to him. How would he have me live? And in all the areas of our life, from our family, our finances, and where we choose to live, it will look like seeking for opportunities to talk about Jesus being king and the one who redeems you from sin. Uh, It will be admitting where we have disobeyed him, knowing that he has redeemed us from sin and that he loves us and that he's done that for us. Well, maybe that would be a good thing to do now. Um, So I'll give you just a minute uh, to pray. Um, Use that time to talk to God about making Jesus uh, king the big thing in your life. Uh, And then I'll pray. Father God, thank you for uh, revealing your king to us. And the one who is the hope for the world. Thank you that um, he alone is the one who rules over all things. Please, um, would you help us to seek you and seek him as our king. The one who has uh, paid the price for us. And yet is in authority. Would you help us to see that what he says is true and we can trust it? Would you help us to see that the, the promise of his return is uh, confirmed, it's, it's going to happen? And would you get us ready for that day? Amen.